news. Your news. Your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Lots more in the papers, uh, a variety of stories, including on the front pages, but Ukraine, understandably, uh, still dominating. It is really scary because when you have the families um, coming over with small kids, leaving their uh, husbands and uh, friends behind, they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know which way it's going to go. Will they see themselves again, you know? It is really heartbreaking and there's a lot of stories there that those people are going through a lot of trauma. Obviously, everybody's trying to help as much as they can and the help is, is huge and the whole world is, 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 has come together with the help. But I think the trauma that is happening there at the moment, and this is just the beginning, I don't think we can say, you know, that we can see the end of it. And anything can happen. It, it's forming a lot of stress. People are, you know, making um, plans what to do if. And, you know, and that's very stressful. I would never have envisaged in this day and age that a nation could invade another sovereign nation. I, it's, I just find it incredi- incredible. I, the only way we're going to stop this is through talks. Unfortunately, to bring Putin to the table to talk to Ukraine has to put up a bit of a good fight. And even at that, I can see, unfortunately, Ukraine having to relinquish Crimea and maybe the two eastern regions as part of any deal. Ukraine are going to have to put up a battle. They're going to have to give them a fight. Uh, we're in a very delicate situation now. NATO can't get involved for fear of World War III. Um, and I mentioned it to our meeting with the French president. Basically, Putin is after giving him the two fingers, to be honest with you, and say, look, I'm driving on with this. We can talk about economic and social sanctions all we want. Do they make any difference? I don't think so. I think it's very important that people, uh, I suppose, use a very fine filter as regards to the information we get about this war. Um, we need to be very careful to you know, make sure that we get our information and news from reputable sources, such as yourselves and Live 95 and, and the mainstream TV. And that's really important because we don't want to keep driving fear. Fear is what war is about fear and power, power from Putin, and then fear of how we react to Putin. You know I mean, and, and again, we were all affected here in Ireland, you know, when we see our own, our, our prices go up and fuel and everything else. Some of the local voices that we've heard in recent days uh, talking about an international crisis affecting Ukraine directly, but having an impact on all of us, uh, not just in our pockets, but including in our pockets. And you'll remember us chatting to Anna Mazika from uh, Kala Gel Nails here in Limerick about their collection for Ukraine. And since then, Anna has been to Poland and back to check on the supplies that uh, you um, helped to fund uh, or indeed brought to uh, the depot uh, for transport. And she joins me on the line now with an update. Um, How are you? Good morning to you. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. When did you travel to Poland, Anna? I travelled on Thursday night. And what (laughs) happened? What was the experience like? So, first of all... um, when I arrived in the depot, um, I didn't actually expect what I had seen. So basically, my aim, as you just mentioned, was to witness uh, the exchange of trucks and hand it over to Ukrainian drivers. So this was my original aim. However... Um, just explain to us yeah. then, geographically, where was this depot? This was in Gliwice. 
this is a small town in between Katowice and Krakow. So it's approximately three, four hours away from the Ukrainian border. And this was where you would transfer all the supplies that uh, people helped collect here in Limerick to the Ukrainian truck drivers to take into Ukraine. Is that right? Correct, yeah. And our next provider was uh, meant to deliver that to our assigned destinations. Right. Uh, So what happened when you got there? So when I got there, um, as I said now, the Limerick driver arrived and um, I was there. But I saw the chaos. That's all I had seen now in there for the moment that I arrived. And uh, what I understood was that many refugees were actually kept in that depot because it was one of the nearest points uh, with the mass transport from Ukraine. And uh, they have been getting shelter in that particular spot I was in. Okay. So initially, were you concerned when you mentioned chaos about the supplies uh, from Limerick getting to where they needed to go? No, chaos I meant in the way that I've seen loads of people in there and I didn't know who they were. I thought I was going to be speaking only to the transport providers, but it ended up being, you know, a massive spot of people that were all lost in their thoughts. So there was absolutely no issue in terms of our transport from Limerick because everything was um, precisely designed and we knew exactly what we were doing. So everything went according to the plan and it has gotten to its destination. But what I'm saying is I have met people, refugees, in there and I have spoken to them. Okay. And what did they say to you? Uh, mainly there were women of uh, drivers from Ukraine or um, not only drivers, uh, women with children that uh, just happened to, to get a shelter in that particular spot. So um, I went down to visit their their rooms. Um, obviously, they were sleeping on the floor in the sleeping bags. And so what they said was that they're hoping to go back, which was obviously completely, you know, understandable that they, they feel that they want to go back, but they can't. Um, they have to wait as close as possible to the border and hope that their brothers, fathers and sisters and uh, sons will return safely. Right. But the point being that, isn't it, from 16 to, is it 60 Ukrainian men are not allowed to leave? Yes, that's right, correct. Right. Um, so, did you actually talk to um, a specific refugee and considered whether she might come back with you? Yes. So, um, I didn't come back to Limerick alone. Um, when I heard that there are people out there that would like to travel, I uh, went out to them and I spoke to several people. And I've asked a question, would any like, uh, anyone like to join me on tonight's flight, which was Monday? Um, so I spoke to, as I said, a few of them and they went back to their rooms and they said um, they'll come back to me in a half an hour, which they did. So I brought back a mother with 12-year-old boy and they're, they're staying here in Limerick at the moment. Okay. Um, that, that's remarkable for a start. And secondly, I mean, how do they even process this? You know, they leave Ukraine, they end up in a depot, they meet somebody from Limerick that they've never met in their lives before. Exactly. And next thing, they're on a plane here. Correct, yeah. Well, we were lucky enough that we there, there was a few spots left on the plane that I was taking myself from Krakow. So uh, we instantly went onto the Ryanair website to see if we can book it. Um, so we managed to get the flights. 
um, kindly one of the transport uh, owners paid for the flights for the, for, for these people. So um, I won't even mention, you can imagine the price of a ticket now four hours beforehand. So anyway, without any hesitation, he took out his credit card and he paid for the flight. So yeah, I do admire this lady because she didn't know me at all. So she obviously trusted me to some sort of extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, she knew I was. She knew from me that I'm going to provide her with safety, with uh, help and any aid that we can manage here in Limerick. So uh, when she heard us, she obviously asked for school for her boy and for any um, few other facilities that she could avail of here in Limerick because obviously she has no clue of what uh, we can provide for her here in Ireland in general, you know. Um, So obviously she knew that we've heard about Ukraine, but to what extent she didn't know. So it was all done in the space of a half an hour chat um, that I filled her in in all the facilities that we can give her as she lands here. Right, so that's that's her. And you said a 12-year-old, is that right? Correct. Okay. Um, I mean, they, did they look completely shocked when they arrived here? They did. Uh, now, first of all, it was their first ever flight. Um, so that was another huge shock to them because they were never on the plane. Uh, so the whole experience was emotional from every angle, you know, you can imagine. So, um, yeah, it, it was... Um, obviously, they didn't sleep. They were... Um, conscious. Now, thankfully, there was a lot of lovely Irish and Polish people on that plane. And so when they heard uh, their language, obviously, they presumed they were refugees and they were looking for um, shelter in Ireland. So um, there were sweets handed over to their seats um, and people were coming over to to say hello and see how they are. So it was a lovely, lovely gesture from um, Irish residents and Polish residents. I thought it was lovely. I suppose... And it just didn't really occur to me that refugees would come via Ryanair, if you know what I mean. I know, I know, I know. But that was the only quick. That was the quickest decision we made. You know, there was no other way. I and I, <clears throat> excuse me. And I really wanted to make sure that they go with me since we've had that little bit of a relationship. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, if I would have said to them, "You can go with Weezer, who's providing free flights for Ukrainians." That's also fine, but having nobody to talk to, you know, for the next, say, six hours and going to completely unknown spot, it's traumatic. So I really wanted to be with them on that flight, and I was even able to reschedule my own flight to be able to go with them since they made the decision of coming. Very good. So we're talking to Anna Mazika. So uh, the first bit of news is that uh, everyone who contributed to that convoy of aid supplies from Limerick it got to uh, where it was meant to go and Anna went along to make sure of it and she brought uh, two refugees back Um, so the government here have made certain commitments around what would happen to Ukrainian refugees and how they would be helped when they got here Mm -hmm. what the experience of that been like over the last few days Okay, so obviously things are changing drastically, uh, you know, every day. So I can tell you about my experience on Monday when we landed. So this was um, evening hours in Shannon, and uh, there was a handful of refugees on that plane as well. So uh, we were all kind of put aside um, to to speak to the immigration officers and they were asked to provide a couple of basic information about themselves and they got a stamp in their passports. Um, so obviously they were wondering, the immig- uh, immigration officers were wondering if they are um, 
having any accommodation already in place or is it something that they have to sort out? So I was there, so I told them what what is their new location. And after that, I suppose that took us about 20 minutes. Uh, we were let go and we came to our home. Okay, and, and that's where they've been. And has there been any other contact with the government over the last few days then? You know, the next steps, if you see what I mean, Anna. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. So the following day, I went straight into the Social Protection uh, Department in Limerick and I got them registered with the PPS numbers. So that's um, that's actually arriving today to us, which means they can um, avail of the Social Protection <coughs> payment as of Monday. Um, so this is all sorted. We're looking into medical cards now. We have the school sorted for the boy. We also have um, books and uniforms, all of that is in place. So everything fell into place, do you know what I mean, this week. So we, I, I really wanted to do it all uh, before we see the queues everywhere, if you know what I mean. So, so, so when, when is this young fella from Ukraine going to start school in Limerick? It is, yeah, yeah, he's when? starting in school. He's starting on Monday, however, he's quite stressed and he's still obviously traumatised. Now, there's a huge, huge support from that particular school in terms of teachers and students, and so they all know the circumstances and no one is expecting anything from this boy, only to be there and to start socialising and making friends. So... um so this is all, uh, you know, happening next week. But we thought of delaying it if, if you know, he shows any sure, sign of sure. uh, anxiety. And, and just to be clear, uh, neither of them speak any English. Single words by now, because we were in what Friday now. They arrived on Monday, so a lot of progress have been made in both ways. So I'm learning a bit of Ukraine. So is my sister, who is actually a host of this family. And uh, so yeah, so we're 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 making progress. Fair play to Anna. Fair play to you. That's all I'll say. I mean, and I suppose it's only one or two people at a time that people can help. You know, that's the reality of it, isn't it? Um, but yeah, correct. And you, you know, as, as you just said now, it's only two people. And we know that um, over two and a half thousand of them have arrived in Ireland and they're all looking for a bit of help here and there. Um, everything is obviously being prepped. So we are ready to, to, to receive them with dignity. Do you know what I mean? So this is all happening right now. Uh, but it's it's something that we all have to expect in coming days that there's going to be loads of questions and um, the um, Directives are going to be updated as we speak. So, you know, all of that needs to be monitored for people that are willing to help. As And as we're speaking, I know that uh, around, um, what is it? It's around, I think, 600 people, or no, 60 homes in Limerick have... Um, provided accommodation to refugees as of two days ago. So I know this number is increasing, but it's something that we should all think about to obviously our own extent and see what we can do to help them. Okay, okay. Well, Anna, what's that uh, line from Schindler's list? Um, he or she who saves one life saves the world entire. And Correct. that's as much as you can do, isn't it? That's just the most remarkable and unbelievable uh, story there from Anna Mazika. And the Mayor of Limerick, Councillor Daniel Butler, is uh, on the line uh, as well now. Good morning to you, Mayor. And uh, as our first citizen, you must be very proud to have citizens like Anna in Limerick. Oh, hugely proud, Joe. Um, I've been supporting Anna and, and the guys. I mean, I'm thinking of Gosha, Magda and Camila, which is Anna's sister who's hosting one of the families, um, they've been truly inspiring in their leadership uh, between them all, in particular Anna. Uh, and indeed, to be honest with you, Jody, 
I'd pay a particular tribute to the Polish community locally who have been incredibly active. I know last Friday I was there about half ten on Friday on a cold Friday in the dark night packing that articulated lorry and it was uh, I was the only person there I think speaking English that was, uh, that was speaking English. It was a lot of Polish community there were there late at night uh, packing everything, doing everything they can, the level of effort, work, sacrifice, uh, uh, and, um, you know, courage, really, to be honest with you, that, they, that they've all been showing. It's truly inspiring. And as you say, Joe, uh, you know, it makes me hugely proud to be the first citizen and to have people like that amongst us um, is, is really inspiring. Um, uh, Alison is uh, on the line as well this morning. She just called in. Alison, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Um, and you were listening to Anna there, weren't you? Yeah. Just so touched by it. Just what a remarkable woman. Yeah. Just unbelievable. If we only we could all do it. Well, Anna's on the line, so what would you like to say to Anna? Just thank you for your humanity. I have a 12-year-old child myself, so it really, it got to me what you did. Your emotion is probably over, but it overtook me this morning. Alison, just your remarkable woman. Alison, we're all in this together, you know, as they said to us a couple of months ago, and every bit helps. So I suppose if we combine our strengths together as companies, as citizens, as everyone, I think we can do huge things to help those people Absolutely. and they who need us uh, continuously. So um, I believe uh, with beautiful hearts of Limerick, and not only obviously, uh, we're getting there. We're getting there and we're getting into the right direction. They're very much welcomed. And I have a 12-year-old child as well, so if they need a friend, I'm sure I can pass my number on. You can. And that they can contact. be more than welcome to make friends with my, my little boy. Oh, we will. I'm sure he will appreciate that as well, because he's making friends here already, and everyone is welcome to, to talk to him. Uh, oh, unbelievable. And, and Alison, I mean, do you think it's everything that you've been seeing and hearing and, and I suppose the inhumanity that we see yeah. on such a massive scale and it then to hear happening. Anna's story today? Yeah, in 2022 it shouldn't be happening. History, I know it can repeat itself, but this is like this is like mass genocide. It's just absolutely horrific. Uh, and Mayor Butler, I, mean, I think Alison's reaction is likely the reaction for most of the people listening uh, to what Anna Mazik has been telling us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, George Chancellor, I can, I can admit my have been an emotional wreck myself. I think like a lot of people, um, seeing the horrific brutality that we're seeing on social media or on news media and what's happening on the ground in Ukraine to ordinary citizens. But then, you know, I've been the privilege working with Anna and seeing the incredible generosity, Joe, of the people of Limerick has been overwhelming. Um, people calling me to offer their homes. Uh, you know, when I went in there on Friday evening, I mean, the place was packed with 30 to 40 volunteers packing stuff. We had people flowing in out in droves, uh, dropping off medical goods. People had gone into pharmacies, spent a lot of money to drop off medical items. Uh, people dropping off food to for the volunteers to keep them fed and watered and keep them going. Um, I mean, it's been incredible, Joe. I mean, we've, we've a hell of a lot to be proud of in Limerick uh, in terms of our, the generosity that I've seen. Um, ordinary people, some of them that don't have a huge amount to give, dropping off. I mean, we opened some bags, Joe, and not only was there, like, food items or uh, medical items, but there was, there, was, there was cash left in some bags. Um, it, really, it really was overwhelming, Joe, and we've a hell of a lot to be proud of. But this is what we do as a country. We understand hardship. We understand the power of pulling together and what it means.
I know particularly the Polish community who, you know, uh, understand the trauma of war having gone through a history of it themselves in terms of the world wars and also the, 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 the war with Russia. Um, they're, they're very well aware as a community what this is, what it is. And I think that's why we're seeing such strong leadership from the Polish community because they really do understand. But to be able to say that from the western seaboard of, of Europe here in Limerick, that a truck has left, left Limerick last week and it is in the Ukraine on the, the most, most eastern uh, part of Europe um, and it's there supporting people, I think it's incredibly something we can all be incredibly proud of, that people in Limerick can be incredibly proud of, and in particular Anna and, and, all, and all the guys uh, should be hugely proud of. And I think the humanity uh, of Anna rings through there, you know, uh, in going over and bringing somebody back who I was very lucky to meet this week and welcome her to Limerick. Um, you know her humanity, uh, her courage, and her strength. Uh, I mean, has been an absolute inspiration, and uh, she's a hell of a lot to be proud of. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure that we're all proud of her. Um, and Live ninety five is asking you to support the Irish Red Cross Ukraine crisis appeal. Fighting and shelling continues across Ukraine. Grave humanitarian consequences, which unfortunately we're seeing just a piece of day after day. But every minute, every hour, more women and children are suffering without even the basic human essentials. Please donate right now at live95fm.ie forward slash aid and all of uh, the uh, money raised goes to the Irish Red Cross Ukraine crisis appeal. Uh, and uh, I suppose finally, um, Alison, I, I think Anna mentioned something like 60 families so far in America put their hand up uh, to accommodate refugees. Uh, but everyone is looking for some little way to help, aren't they, in whatever way they can, Alison? Anything at all. Anything at all that people can do. From the littlest thing is even if there was a donation basket outside a shopping centre to maybe dropping in something small into that. Every little helps. Every little helps. You know, said a truer word. Well, Anna Mazika, thank you very much uh, for everything you're doing, for everything your community and your friends are doing and for inspiring the rest of us uh, and also for telling the story this morning and giving people, I think, just some sense of the reality uh, as you saw it on the ground in recent days. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Anna Mazika, thank you. Thank you to our Mayor, Daniel Butler, for joining us. And thank you, Alison, as well, for coming on and I think representing how many listeners uh, felt about that story this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.